We interrupt your special announcement to bring you this regularly scheduled programming. Avril Lavigne! Hey, it's Coolio. If you don't know, and it is time for another episode of Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. How is everybody today? How has your week been? How is your weekend going to be? Can you predict these things from beyond the borders of time? If you can, please tell me the lottery numbers, although you're probably keeping those to yourself. That would be the smart thing to do. Anyway... Um, we got a good show going on for us today, and we're going to start it as usual to check out what is new over at lowbiasgaming.net and um, what we can um, enjoy over this lovely sunny weekend with probably some rain, but we'll get to that in about half an hour time. Um, what do we got today? We got um, Scarlet brings us four new episodes of Pokemon Yellow. Um, I said that uh, Panoply of Kalatea was done last time. Well, there's still kind of an episode left. It's um, what some people would call an omake and what I'm calling, I don't even know what this is. But there is one more episode of Panoply of Kalatea and it is worth checking out. Um, Jason brings us the last episode of Wrath of the Black Manta. Uh, Scarlet brings us three new episodes of Orphan Scion of Sorcery and two new episodes of Onimusha Warlords. That is a busy guy. He has like 15 series going on all at the same time. Anyway, it is time for a little bit of music. And I don't know why I said that in a weird accent. But uh, there it is and there you go. So... Let's get to it. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM, Halifax. Thank you. 
You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. That song was by Keiji Yamagishi, and it is one of the level themes, particularly for Act 1, 1, 5, 2, and 6, 3 of today's game from the archives. Ninja Action! The stage is set... That's what it says on the thing. The stage is set for conspiracy, mystery, and evil in America. Come with Ninja Ryu as he takes you on his fateful journey. Tecmo's unique cinema display system develops the story stage by stage. You piece together the puzzle while watching the movie-like graphics. Yeah, that's something that existed in Nintendo times. Decide what action to take. Use the secret sword and items collected during the action scenes to fight your way to the goal. Uh, So yeah, this is Ninja Gaiden, the original. It is an action platformer game for the NES, developed and published by Tecmo and released in 1989, quite some time ago. Um, kind of the uh, start of a legacy. Um, Ninja Gaiden has always been known to be kind of difficult, and a lot of the Ninja Gaiden games that came later are kind of even more difficult. Um, kind of giving as some of them giving as many enemies as uh, like Dynasty Warriors almost, but. Um, this is the one that started all. Jason has played it. Six videos available on lowbiasgaming.net. Check it out.
That was Blackout City by Anamanaguchi from their album Don Metropolis, and you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. Let's try this again. <laughs> hey. Uh, welcome back to Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. And here, as usual, as this music likes to announce, is the news of the weird. As, uh, as I mentioned before, I am trying to find something else like the news of the weird that is in the same format or very similar as news of the weird. Uh, there are other weird news outlets out there. But um, I haven't found one that um, works with my style, and I don't want to keep doing the same thing that Jason is doing on electric, on electric Leftovers. So, if anyone knows of anything like that, please give me a tweet at SquareSim and uh, let me know. As usual, I do not read these stories ahead of time, and some of these may not jive well with all audiences. This uh, segment is about 12 to 14 minutes long, so take that as you will. Our lead story today, recent alarming headline. What? Anyway. Infamous South Beach Street artist Jonathan Crenshaw, 46, attracts a lot of attention in Miami among tourists who wash him paint on a canvas using his feet. Crenshaw does not have arms and is homeless. Profiled in a local newspaper in 2011, Crenshaw told of a difficult childhood. He also claimed Gloria Estefan had given birth to 200 of his children. So, you know, take that as you will. Uh, He landed in the headlines again after stabbing a Chicago man with a pair of scissors on July 10th. According to the Miami Herald, Cesar Coronado, 22, told police he had approached Crenshaw to ask for directions, when Crenshaw jumped up and, using his feet, stabbed Coronado. Crenshaw's story is that, as he lay on the pavement, Coronado punched him in the head, so he stabbed him, tucked the scissors into his waistband, and walked away. Police found Crenshaw, who has a lengthy arrest record, nearby, and arrested him. Although, although that's kind of doing bad things, it's doing bad things in a kind of an interesting way. So, well, you can't really say that balances anything out, but uh, you know what? Let's just move on to a bold move. Faith Pugh of Memphis, Tennessee, had a date to remember on July 14th with Kelton Griffin. Her casual acquaintance from high school just out of the blue texted me and asked me to go out, Pugh told uh, WREG-TV. They took her car and stopped at a gas station where Griffin asked Pugh to go inside and buy him a cigar. But while she was inside, he drove off. I came outside and my car was gone, Pugh said. Shortly, Pugh received a text from her godsister telling her Griffin had just asked her out on a date. He picked up the godsister in Pugh's car and headed to a drive-in movie. He didn't even have any money, Pugh said. She actually paid their way uh, to get into the drive-in just so I could get my car back. Pugh alerted the police to the car's location and they arrested Griffin for theft of property. I hope he's in jail for a long time, Pugh said. Well, what you really need here, one thing that would at least half solve the situation, is walk-in movies. You know, 
kind of like drive-in movies, but you walk into them. Well, I guess that's what a theater is. And moving on. Mystery solved. On January 25th, 71-year-old Alan J. Abramson of Palm Beach Gardens, Florida, went for his usual, went for his regular pre-dawn walk to Starbucks. What happened on the way stumped police investigators until March, reported the Washington Post, and on July 13th, they made their findings public. Images from a surveillance camera uh, show Abramson walking out of the community walking out of his community at 5.35 a.m., and about half an hour later, the sound of a gunshot is heard. Just before 7 a.m., a dog found Abramson's body lying near a walking path. Police found no weapon, no signs of a struggle. He still had his wallet and phone. Investigators initially worked the case as a homicide, but as they dug deeper into the man's computer searches and purchases over the past nine years, a theory developed. Abramson had tied a gun to a weather balloon, filled with helium, shot himself, and then the gun drifted away to parts unknown. A thin line of blood on Abramson's sweatshirt indicated to police that something with the approximate width of a string passed through the blood on the outside of the shirt, the final report says. As for the balloon, investigators said it would likely have ascended to about 100,000 feet and exploded somewhere north of the Bahamas in the Atlantic Ocean. I can see that happening for a homicide, but this... Eh, well... I guess whatever he was thinking is, well, lost to the ages at this point. Moving on. Bright idea. It's time once again for minor league baseball promotion fun and games. This time, however, the Montgomery, Alabama Biscuits managed to tick off a whole generation of baseball fans. The Biscuits announced Millennial Night on July 21st, featuring participation ribbons just for showing up, a napping area, selfie stations, and lots of avocados, reported Fox News. While some Twitter users thought the promotion was insensitive, others were more philosophical. Dallas Godchel, 21, said more than targeting millennials, it's sort of targeting older generations who like to make fun of millennials. Pitcher Benton Ross weighed in, if it's insensitive, Maybe they should just have thicker skin. I agree. I, I may be mostly kind of a millennial mentality, I guess you could say, but some of the things are like, really? Avocados, participation ribbons, anyway. People are silly. And we're going to take our revenge, Texas-style, with this next story. Apparently, revenge on millennials for what? It's... anyway. The Austin American Statesman reported that on June 17th, RV Park neighbors and longtime adversaries Ryan Felton Sauter, 20, uh, 39, and Keith Monroe, no age given, got into a heated dispute about an undisclosed subject. Later that day, Monroe saw Sauter leaving Monroe's RV and asked him why he had gone in without permission, to which Sauter replied, You'll see why. I don't know if he said it that way, but that's how I'm saying it. Going inside, Monroe soon spotted a three-foot-long rattlesnake. I freaked out, he said. He used a machete to kill the snake, which strangely was missing its rattles. Turns out Sauter had bitten off the snake's tail with its signature warning sound. 
Sauter had been has been charged with deadly conduct and criminal trespass. Bitten off the snake's tail? Man, there's millennials and then there's that. Well, people and their pets whose tails aren't get getting bitten off. Tina Ballard, 56, of Okeechobee County, Florida, oh boy, Florida again, was arrested in North Carolina by Linville Land Harbor Police on July 16th after fleeing there to, quote, hide her pet monkey so that state officials would, uh, could not take that monkey from her, Assistant State Attorney Ashley Albright told WPBF News. Ballard's troubles began in May when the spider monkey Spanky jumped out of a, sh uh, a shopping cart in an Okeechobee Home Depot and grabbed a cashier shirt, leaving red marks on the cashier's shoulder and back. In June, Fox News reported, another Home Depot employee spotted Spanky in the parking lot, having escaped Ballard's truck and dragging a leash. Spanky was spooked by the store's sliding doors and bit the employee on the arm, grabbing her hair and running away. Hopefully not with the hair. The employee gave chase and eventually caught Spanky, but not, uh, not before suffering more bites and scratches. Spanky was in the car when Ballard was arrested and extradited back to Florida. The monkey will be placed in a primate sanctuary. And thus ends the tale of Spanky's quest. One would have thought it would have happened in some store with either fruit or sporting equipment, but... Yeah, what are you gonna do? People different from us, other than the ones that we've seen so far. A Russian man who has covered more than 90% of his body, including his eyeballs with blacking tattoos, underwent surgery on July 14th at Jardines Hospital in Guadalajara, Mexico, to remove his penis, testicles, and nipples because they spoiled his body art. Adam Cur uh, Curlykale, 32, of Kaliningrad, Kalinin Kaliningrad, there we go, an albino, who uh, was diagnosed with cancer and started the tattooing process 12 years ago to cover scars left behind from the disease. I always knew that I was different from the rest of society, Curlykale told the Daily Mail. My favorite color, for example, has always been gray in different tones. And that's why my current skill co skin color is graphite. He plans to finish the process by inking his remaining untattooed skin. Huh. Okay. Um, I'm going to move on here in a second, but uh, there's something broken about the... Uh... Let's see. Yeah, there is something broken about the layout of this next story, so um, let's uh, try to read it as best as possible. Mistaken Identity. A man in Tameside, Manchester, England, is trying to figure out who painted Pay Your Bill, You Be, and something in an RD on the side of his house, deflated the tire on his car, and cut his brakes. I was dumbstruck because I don't owe anyone anything or have any problems with anyone, the man who wanted to remain anonymous told Metro News. On the next night, July 20th, someone set fire to his neighbor's van and painted on his house again, this time, pay your bill, Donna. 
but he does know who Donna is. The man has hung a sign over the vandalism saying Donna does not live here and he and his nephews are taking turns guarding the house. Someone has obviously upset someone, he said, and I am stuck in the middle of it. Well, message to Donna, pay your bills because someone else is having trouble with that. Let's move on to the weather, and before we move on to local weather, I want to uh, point out here the coldest spot in Canada right now is Saks Harbor Airport in Northwest Territories. The hottest spot is 31.6 degrees in Fort Providence, Northwest Territories. I just thought that was interesting. As for Halifax, it is currently mostly cloudy and 27 degrees, looking at a 6% chance of showers or drizzle and a low of 18 tonight. Saturday, July 28th, showers or drizzle uh, in a high of 27 degrees, going down to a low of 18 and a few showers at night. Sunday, July 29th, a 30% chance of showers and a high of 26, going down to a low of 17 at night and clear skies. Monday, July 30th, a mix of sun and cloud and a high of 26, going down to a low of 17 once again and cloudy periods at night. And very much the same thing on Tuesday, J July uh, 31st, a high of 26 and a low of 17, uh, with clouds uh, cloudy periods throughout the day. Wednesday, August 1st, cloudy periods, uh, rather just cloudy, and a high of 24, going down to a low of 18 and 6% chance of showers at night. And Thursday, August 2nd, a 6% chance of showers and a high of 22 degrees. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, and let's get some music going, shall we?
that was Jeff the World with uh, that's the actual name of the song from his album Disc Plus and you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax And welcome back to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. And speaking of video games, it is time for gaming next month. It is the last Friday of the month, which means we're going to be looking at the titles coming out for the month of August 2018, starting with Yakuza 0 for the PC coming out on August 1st. Uh, two new Switch releases for August 2nd, Iconoclasts and Salt and, San- Salt and Sanctuary um, on the 3DS. Um, try that again. August 3rd on the 3DS, we're getting WarioWare Gold, and that might be one of the last titles coming out for the 3DS. I'm not seeing anything else on the list right now, but something could come up. We'll just have to see. Uh, on August 2nd, Overcooked 2 is coming out for all four systems, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC, as well as Dead Cells for all four systems as well. Uh, August 9th is seeing two new releases, Okami HD for the Switch and Monster Hunter World for the PC. Two new releases on August 10th for the PS4, Xbox One, and PC. We have Madden LF- uh, NFL 19 and We Happy Few. Uh, four releases for August 14th. First, we have Death Scambit for the PS4 and PC, uh, Phantom Doctrine for the PS4, Xbox One, and PC, and for those same systems, The Walking Dead, the final season, Episode 1, and the next expansion for World of Warcraft, Battle for Azeroth, is coming out on August 14th. Uh, 21st of August, we got two releases. We have Shenmue 1 and 2 being re-released for the PS4, Xbox One, and PC, as well as Guacamelee 2 coming out for the PS4 and PC. Our next release is for August 24th, F1 2018 for the PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Uh, we have a bunch of releases for August 28th. We have six of them, starting with Little Dragon's Cafe for the PS4 and the Switch, Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate, the first Monster Hunter game to come out for the Switch, I believe, uh, Pro Evolution Soccer 2019 for the PS4, Xbox One, and PC, Yakuza Kiwami 2, what, two Yakuza games coming out. Maybe they're trying to tell us something. Uh, that is for the PS4. Uh, Strange Brigade for the PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Uh, And Blade Strangers for the PS4, Switch, and PC. And finally, August 31st, we have Divinity Original Sin 2 for the PS4, Xbox One. And Naruto to to Boruto Shinobi Striker coming out for the PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Those are the current releases as listed on Game Informer. More releases could be coming out, and just keep an eye on that page if you want to uh, stay up to date to 100%. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, and let's get another song on the way.
And that was JSQ with some chip tune. I don't know. That's the actual name of the song. And you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. Before I get started, I do, I do want to point out, if WarioWare Gold does happen to be the last uh, release for the 3DS, that would be at least twice where Wario has been the last release on a system, the first one being on the NES uh, with Wario's Woods. But I digress. Today I want to talk about a game, and those of you in the know might recognize the background music playing at the moment. That's because that game is Danganronpa Trigger Happy Havoc. This is a single-player visual novel-style murder mystery game released for a multitude of systems, originally released on the PSP in Japan on November 25, 2010, though most recently a remastered version was released on the PlayStation 4 in North America on March 14, 2017. It was developed by Spike, now Spike Chunsoft, and released outside of Japan by NIS America, except for the Windows version, which, just as all Japanese releases, was published by Spike themselves. Now, before we get started, a bit of full disclosure, I did not play this game myself. Rather, it was played recently by a low bias gaming member Jade Farrow on his Twitch stream, and archives of those streams can be found on his channel at youtube.com slash where he's also playing uh, Danganronpa 2 Goodbye Despair right now. I don't know why he's not posting it to the page, lowbiasgaming.net, but whatever. Although I didn't get a first-hand experience through the game, Jay was very thorough in his play method, as he usually is, and I still had the experience of trying to figure out how the game was unfolding. In any case, I feel like I've seen well enough of the game to have a proper opinion of it. Let's start by talking about the graphics. The general style of the graphics are pretty simple. Most objects have a fairly simple look to them, and any characters present in the room uh, you're in look like cardboard standees of themselves. Every character has a very distinct look from one another, and you generally get a good feeling of what kind of person everyone is just by looking at them, though judging a book by its cover is never a good idea in the first place. Especially not in an environment where any given person might end up stabbing you in the back, both figuratively and literally. The music in this game is wonderful. When it's business as usual, it feels like it. When it's time to get down to business, it feels like it. When someone means business, it feels like it. When a certain mechanical stuff bears around, it feels like I want to kick him in the smug face. But I don't, because that would be a very bad idea. The uh, game is partially voice acted. The voice acting is generally excellent and doesn't suffer from the lackluster feel that English dubs often get. The characters are emotive, the reactions are spot on, and the maniacal laughs are bone chilling. One thing that I don't like, however, is how inconsistently the voice acting happens. One moment the only voices involve characters hemming and hawing, then suddenly you get three or four lines of fully voiced dialogue, and then back to having particularly uh, back to having barely anything. Uh, now, I realize that most of the time that this happens is because something particularly important is going on, but I mean, come on, you have these excellent voice actors 
put them to work for realsies. There's one section of the game which is 100% voice, but we'll get to that in a bit. Now for the actual story. The game takes place at Hope Speak Academy, an invitational school where only the ultimate students of their field get to attend. The game is centered around the one exception to this guideline, Makoto Nayegi, who doesn't excel at much anything but managed to win a lottery uh, whereby he would be named the ultimate lucky student and admitted into the academy. The game begins where he and 15, no wait, 14 other students wake up in a classroom with apparently no memory of the school other than standing at his front gate. We take some time to meet our fellow classmates from Sayaka Maizano, the ultimate pop sensation, to Leon Kawada, the ultimate basketball star, from Yasuhiro Hagakure, the ultimate stoner, to Toko Fukawa, the ultimate yandere, from Hifumi Yamada, the ultimate weeaboo, to Kyoko Kirigiri, the ultimate... I don't know. Suddenly, while everyone is trying to make sense of what's going on, a walking, talking, black and white teddy bear named Monokuma pops up and informs the group that they are all in fact trapped inside Hope Speak Academy, and the only way out is to kill another student. Not only that, but also get away with the murder undiscovered. This of course elicits many questions. Why are they being kept here? Why have they been cut have they been cut off completely from the outside world? Why do they have to kill to get out? The game is split into three parts. Daily life, where a general story expo exposition happens and you get to interact with your fellow students one on one. Deadly life, which happens after a murder occurs, where you're tasked with gathering, gathering evidence in the form of what the game calls truth bullets, we'll get to that in a moment, and the class trial, where the students deliberate and try to figure out who the murderer is, knowing that if they fail, then the murderer earns their freedom at the cost of all the other students' lives. Now, Danganronpa stands for bullet debate, or more specifically, bullet refutal. The main components of the class trials is the non-stop debate where the students debate back and forth about a detail of the murder and it's up to you to select one of your given truth bullets and literally shoot down another student's weak argument. There are other features such as the hangman's gambit, um, where you build a word from given letters coming at you, bullet time battle where you're, wherein you're essentially stuck in an argument against a specific other student, and the closing argument with a goal of putting the story together from end to end. Mm, excuse me. The addition of full voice acting for those segments helps to add weight to the entire situation and keeps you focused on your goal of discovering the culprit before time runs out. In the end, Danganronpa Trigger Happy Havoc is not your average murder mystery, with many of its secrets coming right down to the wire, and the story constantly keeping you guessing and second guessing, it was a delight to experience this game, and I think it's definitely worth a look at the very least. And like I mentioned, you can take a look over at um, youtube.com slash jadefaro. He has played the entire game end to end. It is not a blind playthrough, I will mention that. Um, he had played the game before. 
And as I mentioned, he is playing Danganronpa 2 right now, and that is a blind playthrough. Um, that one is coming out a little slowly, personally, but that's just me. Um, pretty much, th this game is... Um, its story is actually very poignant and addicting. Um, yeah. That's pretty much all I gotta say about that, I guess. I mean, I could go further into the story, but I don't want to start spoiling things. And um, this th this is definitely a game that needs to kind of unfold in the way that it does, because just some people will think that this game has more twists than an M. Night Shyamalan uh, movie, and they're probably right. In fact, in some cases, I would say that there are more twists than that, and that is kind of saying something. But in any case, that's pretty much what I gotta say about this game. And um, I do want to uh, feature a couple of tracks from the game. Uh, you've currently been listening to Box 15, which plays during um, the uh, Deadly Life segments of the game, so during the investigation uh, of the first game. And uh, I also want to treat you to the um, to the theme song of the game, which I will be doing right now. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax.
And that was Danganronpa DR version by Masafumi Takada, and you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. All right, I wasn't really planning for this, but you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And um, I have a little bit of a, of a um, new thing that I want to try called warning labels. There are all kinds of weird warning labels on things, and sometimes you just need to kind of try to figure out what... Um, what is the depth of these things that um, that we wanted that uh, they were trying to warn against? So this one is for the uh, Dyson Hot and Cool fan. Um, I was reading a manual for it, and well, with a little bit of hyperbole, I was able to figure out a couple of other things that they c- probably forgot to mention. In order to avoid overheating and fire hazard, do not cover this appliance. Do not store near heat sources. Do not use near open flames. Do not use within a fire. Do not use in an attempt to create fire. Do not use in a, uh, do not attempt to fire out of a cannon. Do not attempt to use as a cannon. Do not attempt to use as a trebuchet. Troubleshooting. Fault codes for F4, F5, F6. If one of these appears on the display, unplug the appliance, wait for 30 30 to 60 seconds, and or plug the appliance into a different socket. If you continue to receive the fault code, please contact the Dyson helpline. Fault code F2, F3, F7. If one of these appears on the display, please contact the Dyson helpline. Fault code F1. If this appears on the display, it is too late to contact the Dyson helpline. Run now. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax.
That was Mint Tango by Commissar. And I was thinking since we have the whole Danganronpa thing going, um, this might be kind of an appropriate uh, song to play as well. This is Deadly Class by Sean Daly on Square Wave Symphony, CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. pretty much all there is to it that is what i got for today's show i hope you like that review it's um pretty much the uh first opportunity i've had to actually write out a review although i you probably noticed that i didn't make it long enough but i will make the next one long enough whenever that happens uh so yeah that is all i got for today um 
And yeah, we're going to turn this down the way that we always do by telling you who is responsible for what. Square Wave Symphony is based on the format of the Electric Left Doors podcast by Jason Parton of Low Bias Gaming, lowbiasgaming.net. News of the Weird is written by the editors at Andrews McNeil Syndication, newsoftheweird.com. Gaming Next Month is par- uh, powered by Game Informer, gameinformer.com. Segment music composed by Format, Manama Namiki, Noriyuki Kamikura, Simon Weddington, Sean Daly, Masafumi Takada, Reverb, and Ensnare. Stay tuned for the Astrology Show coming up next on CKDU, followed by the Witching our sun and sea at 7 p.m. in the nighttime podcast at 8.30. Comments, questions, want your chiptunes featured on the show? Email me at squaresim at lowbiasgaming.net or get in touch on Twitter at squaresim. You can also call the CKDU feedback line at 902-494-8041. This has been Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. I'm Coolio if you don't know, and I'll see you guys next time.